and welcome to this week's Sports Girls podcast. I'm your host, Denise O'Flaherty. And first of all, we have to start with the Republic of Ireland's women's team. History was created last Thursday night in Tala when they secured a place in the World Cup playoffs with a 1-0 win over Finland. Lily Ag with the vital goal. This evening, they have a chance to go into the second round of the playoffs if they can beat Slovakia and that game in Senate kicks off at 5pm. Also down in Australia, there were plenty of Irish girls in action in the AFLW and it's great to see so many of them continue to impress. This week's guest is Lisa Callaghan. Lisa is a former Paralympian and now is head of coaching with Boccia Ireland as well as a classifier for the sport and for athletics. Lisa Callaghan, a busy woman. First of all, you're head of coaching at Boccia. You're also a technical classifier in Boccia and athletics and you were a Paralympian. How did you get into sport in the first place? Well, that's going back a long, long way. I'm, just, I'm going back, I'd say, probably as far as 97, 98. And it was through sheer luck. My mum was, was a nurse in our Lady of Lords Hospital in Drogheda. And a woman called Brenda Green, she was a physiotherapist at the time, and was, came down and gave a talk. And my mum happened to be at the conference. And she just put the emphasis on, you know, people with disabilities getting them involved in sport. So about a year later, mum got me involved in the cerebral palsy sport um, athletics competitions up in Belfield, up in UCD. And the first competition I did, the 100 metres, 200 metres and the shot put. And I never looked back since. Wow. You ended up really making your name in javelin. So was it a mixture of sports at the start and then you kind of honed in on javelin throwing? Yeah, it was always, I suppose, when you, when you enter into something new and you don't know what you've got, you try a bit of everything. And that's what I did. I, I tried a bit of everything. And, and the throwing sort of was a natural for me. I enjoyed it more. And I did shot discus and javelin. And then I thought my first competition was in, in 1998 was the World Games that I came fourth in the discus. And then I was told, I had a bit of talent there. I was told to get involved in an able-bodied athletic club or athletic club um, to get more training and more confidence so that's what I did. I went back into my, my local athletics club, Cushionstown Athletic Club in Camillion County Mead, there near Ashburn. And um, 99 was the Cerebral Palsy European Championships. I won gold in the javelin and gold in the discus and set the world record. Because it was a new type of javelin, all the all the, the records were, were sort of at zero. And then in Sydney in 2000, then I went down and did the javelin and did the discus. Um, I came, I think I was sixth in the discus and seventh in the javelin. But I was the youngest member of the Irish team. I was only 17, so I carried the Irish flag. So that was something. People in Ireland, you know, were such a sporty nation. But to say that you were over there, like not only a Paralympian, but you got that honour of actually holding, because that is a massive honour. Yeah, no, and our Actually, I would just tell you, funny, my mom and my granny went over and um, they rang me the day before and said, look, we're going over to see you. And I wanted to keep it the prize. My dad had rang then earlier on and, and I had told him that I was carrying the flag. But it was all, I was only after doing my junior search at school. So it was literally all over the intercom in school and the whole lot. But my dad secretly told my mom that I was carrying the flag. But maybe it was just as well because they were seated up near, you know, the flame is in the yeah. Olympic Paralympic Stadium, so they needed a pair of binoculars to see me anyway. <laughs> but look, it worked out well. You mentioned world record, and it's a fantastic achievement. Whatever about even competing at a Games? Yeah, the world record 
came in 2004 at the Athens Paralympics, and I think it should 24-12. Now, I suppose I've cerebral palsy. I'm F37 category. I'm a hemiplegic, so my left side has affected the arm and the leg. And because Paralympic Games, there mightn't be enough competing or countries are sort of, they put, put the classes together. So I was up against 35s, 36s, 37s and 38s. And I think there was about 14 in the competition altogether. And we were all fighting for one gold, one silver, one bronze. So even though I came first in my overall competition, F37, I came fifth in the overall competition. Because it was open. It was open. And it went to the point system. It went on the point system. It's a bit like the golf, I suppose, the easiest way of, of explaining yes. it to you. The more disabled you were, I think, the less points you got. So I think I ended up getting 1,087 points, which... Which put me in fifth, fifth place. There was another girl from Australia. She was an F38. She broke her world record in her event and she came fourth. And then the class 35s, which, which would be diaplegic, so their both legs would be affected. They, um, they got gold, silver and bronze. So. But look, at least you could say you did it. You have that around you. I remember meeting you in London and the one thing I noticed about you was how bubbly you were. You were around there, you were chatting to everyone, but I loved the way that with, with Paralympics Ireland, everyone was welcome there, you know, there was the Irish place there that you could go to after the games and everyone came back with their medals and that, it was just a brilliant atmosphere. Yeah, I suppose I sort of retired early, really 2009, so I did go over to the 2012 games, um, but just as a spectator. I suppose 2012 was great for us because it was a home games. Yes. And every, everybody came over. And um, it, was, it was great build up here in terms of um, creating more awareness. I think that's what sort of really 2012 did, did for us. It, it put Paralympics on the map of Ireland. Yeah. Got people out there and got people talking about it. I mean, our, some of our athletes like you, Jason Smith, Michael McKillop, certainly in athletics, you know, they became household names. And that was a start. It really was. You moved on then to Boccia. Obviously, you would have been very friendly with a lot of the people in Boccia, one of them being Parik Moore, and I think everyone kind of knows <laughs> Parik Moore now. When it comes to Boccia, he's a Bray Wanderers supporter, he's on East Coast Radio. But how did you then get on, involved in Boccia? Well, I suppose during my athletics time being an athlete, Boccia was always there. Um, I was sort of an, I knew the sport. I had an mm. idea of what it was. And then I went to college in DCU. I did the education degree. And Park was doing a communications degree at the same time. So he said to me, he said, look, I need a hand with training. So that was sort of the start of it, really. While we were st when we were studying there, he was in. Um, I'd help him throw a couple of botcha balls or help him train and that. And then I suppose about a, about a year later, then when, when we sort of got the structures in place of Botcha Ireland there, he sort of asked me to be uh, to be head coach. So I mean, I'm I'm a kind of a person that um, hates to see missed opportunities go by or talent go to waste, you know. And, and one of my things about sort of getting involved in disability sport, whether it be butter or athletics, paralytics, it's getting people more involved. The more people we have involved, the better. I suppose that's a year, year on from there. Now we 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 do we with the senior squad, we do train up in Wicklow there every Saturday in Bray. We're actually going away to a competition over in Italy. I suppose for us, it's first time in eight years we're sort of yeah. back competing internationally. It's a learning stage for us as well, as well as getting experience and trying to get up on the ranking system and gain more points from other competitions. Hopefully, we have the athletes 
train as best we can and um, go with for full force and just go for the experience and you know enjoy it. You mentioned that about the first time in eight years, and I'm glad to say I'm involved in it too. And it was at a crossroads, and it needed a shake up, and there was nothing happening, and then. Porik decided he wants to get it back up and running. Places were advertised as well for people on the committee and I'm glad that I was picked to be on it. But we have a fantastic committee there and I think we all have the same kind of drive. We do and you know what, that's what makes it. You know, uh, like Porik was great to get it started and his development officer there but, but without him, you know, without the team behind him there and we've all got our each different skill and unique ability that, you know, it helps us along, you know, you're doing great with doing the communications and you've got Jeremy McTavish there as well, um, sort of with, with links there as well. So, yeah, once you have a strong committee behind you, I think you can go anywhere. Well, that's exactly it. The classifying, how does that work or how did you get involved in it? I suppose I got involved in it oh, a good many years ago. I'd say about eight, ten years now at this stage. Certainly with the athletics, I got involved. I was asked to be technical class of our, technical class of our. So from a coaching perspective, you're looking at the athletes. Well, I suppose it's to tell you what classification really is. Classification is it's looking at the athletes and giving them a sport class, and that's really about the functional ability. ability. So with every Paralympic sport, there's a sport class. And each athlete is put put into a class according to their functional ability. And it's the same with Bachu. You have a BC1, BC2, BC3, BC4. So I suppose my role as technical classifier is looking at your technique. What way are they throwing? How are they throwing? You'd also have a physiotherapist and maybe a slight doctor that would go through the medical testing, like muscle testing, flexicity testing, which is maybe tightness in the arm. So it takes maybe about a half an hour, but it's every athlete is different. So obviously, you know, BizFed is the International Federation of Botcher would have um, a rule book and a guidebook there to help us along. So yeah, it's interesting. You, know, you go through classification, you go to the medical end of it there, and then for sort of from a technical point of view, then I would look at their t- technique. What way are they throwing? How are they throwing? What equipment are they using? And then we sort of match the there their impairment with the criteria with the sport class. It's not all that easy though, but we hopefully, you know, get down to a sport class that, that um, that's fair for competition. Probably because <laughs> I know Botcha and everything. To ex- explain to people who have never heard about Botcha, we better let people know exactly what the sport is. Botcha is like a game of bowls. I always think of it like maybe a game of ch- chess. It's about accuracy, precision. Obviously, you have your, your, your jack in the middle and then you have your, your blue and your red ball and the one nearest to the jack would win. But it's that's the basic end of it. But when you look at the whole end of it, it's you're looking at tactics. What way am I going to get there? Am I going to block my other opponents? Am I going to go all on jack and take the point? It's really, it's, it's, it's like a game of chess mentally because you're constantly think of what the other person if you get the chance and if you know the other person that you're competing with what their tactics are you know you, you throw your ball but you have to look at well I have to make sure they, that they don't get points enough uh, more points than I do and that's the case of maybe blocking your other opponent throwing long throwing short throwing medium throwing an area where, where they can't throw because of their functional ability or their impairment yeah because obviously the athletes have to be prepared for the various games but yourself, you know, because you are the head of coaching, to get them coached to be right for those games. Well, this is it. And this is probably a case of 
going over to the competition and looking at your athletes, looking mm. at other athletes, you know, what level are they at? How do they throw? What tactics are they using? And as well as, as, well as that, for us, it's the type of goal setting. You know, we're setting the bar, really, and looking out to see, you know, what's out there, what, what we need to do as a as a team in terms of, you know, pushing on and, and hopefully, you know, maybe looking at 2028, maybe to send a team over yeah. for Paralympic Games. You know, that's our, really our end goal. So building up that momentum really for that. One day we'll get on the, the medal. Look at Park. Moran Park was world champion. Lots of open days, lots of various places that Botcha have um, been around in Ireland. I suppose the main thing I was getting those leagues up and running and getting more players. I had said myself, you know, th- the main thing is getting more females involved. Yes, and we're, we're in sport, we are, we're quite crying out for females. Um, I suppose you've got the Women in Sport Initiative coming up there as well and you've got more maybe a, a sports women in, in sport administrators but yes certainly I'd say for all sports it's important to get females involved in sport no matter what age you are really is to get involved in sport and certainly we're looking for them in Botcha because we do need to have females on the court really at all times so that's really a challenge for us at the moment yeah because at the moment um, for the elite squad there's only two females Jenny and Tracy and Jenny uh, needs a ramp operator that's her mum Denise so it'd be nice to have uh, one or two more to uh, go along with those girls well, well this is it and hopefully maybe with the league set up we're asking for fun, more females to get involved and take part um, we've got also got Tracy Lee from Dundalk and she's going with us to Rome. And Jenny Gard just came back there. The BC Tree just came back from Amsterdam there. So yeah, no, we'll start off small, but, but hopefully um, it will, participation will increase. When you look at the open days that we've had or visiting the, the various Enable Ireland centres and even at the IWAI camp last week, the children remembered bought you from the last day and were extremely interested in it again, which was great to see, especially at a younger age. Yeah, and I suppose what, what I love about Botcher and their coaching is you never know what way the game is going to turn out. And yeah. you're working with athletes with severe hypertonia, so that's tightness in the muscles, or um, anatide, where they've got involuntary movement in the shoulder and the head and the arms. And it's amazing from, from just one throw that they're able to just put that ball where you need to put that ball in terms of beside the jack or block another opponent. But I, I just find that fascinating. I just, the skill, the skill involved in Bacha is, is amazing. And even, we haven't got any really uh, BC one foot players, but when I was abroad or stuff like that, and you, you do see, you, you do see foot players, and they mightn't have very little upper body strength, but they'll use their feet to throw the ball or to kick the ball to get it into place. I mean, it's fascinating, absolutely fascinating just to see some of these athletes compete. And, you know, you talk about, I can't do this, I wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, the adaptations and the ways around the things that, you know, you look at you and it's like, well, look, if it's not going to work out one way, we'll we find a way of working it out to get you throwing the ball or to play a botcher. I mean, BC Trees, for example, they, would, they wouldn't be able to really hold the ball I never meant throw a ball, but they use a ramp. So a ramp is literally, I wasn't what you would describe it really, Denise. Maybe like um, a drain. Yeah. Or something. Maybe that's yeah. maybe one way of saying yeah. yeah, and they, they would hold it then, or their assistant would hold it. They have to tell their assistant then where to release, uh, where to put the ball, but the, um, the athlete has to be the last one to touch the ball. And in some terms, they might have, say, maybe uh, 
head guard where they have a little point where they just have to pull their head down and, and the ball will roll down. Some of, some of the techniques and just some of the ways around throwing the ball, it's just fascinating. Yeah, because um, anyone who watches bowls, you know, it's all about, you know, as you said, about like nearly like chess getting your moves right but when you go to a sport and you see people who have got these disabilities but are able to use certain parts of their bodies and even though they're not able to use other parts their brain is taking over and it's the brain that's getting them and knowing where to place the ball and this is it and this is like you know sometimes you, you do need that sort of level of, of understanding and just about the sport and and what way am I going to? You're constantly, somebody else might throw their ball, but you're constantly working out your next move. Well, how am I going to do this? Or how am I going to do that? Now, I know it's probably Special Olympics also have, have a game as well, but it's, it's a different one compared to us. It's, I know it's spelled differently, it's B-O-C-C-E, but ours is B-O-C-C-I-A, and the rules might be slightly different. No, it's it's an absolutely, it's a, it's a fascinating game, and it's it's played sort of by people with, with physical disabilities, like you'll have... Um, Cerebral palsy, like our taxia tosis, uh, hypertonia. Uh, we have a fellow there with mus- muscular dystrophy, um, ataxia. Up the up in the other upper level, it would be BC fours. You might have spina bifida, and they're a lot more. Maybe a range of movement will be a lot better than, than your your BC ones or your BC twos. Well, I suppose another reason why I love botch is we're just out of COVID. Like I load the botch balls in the car. I mean, it's it's a sport that can be played by anybody yes. and can be played by your family. I know when I, I spent many a day now when we were, we were hibernating there during COVID there having a game of botch, you know, and, and that's another thing I, I love about it. It's inclusive. It's inclusive yes. for all and that's that's very important to have. Sure, I'm just thinking back now to the time we visited that special needs school in Donegal and the joy on their faces and then we presented them with an old set of botch balls but the competition, and there was actually classes that wanted to go in and play it again and again and again. They had such an interest. Yes, I know it can be competitive, but it can be great fun. It can be, be great fun, and it could be at the, the level that you want it to be, though, too. I know, I suppose, I'm, I'm at a level now where I'm training high-performance athletes mm. and stuff like that. There is different levels of, of participation, but like I'm one of these people that if I if I see talented and I missed opportunity go by, I don't like see missed opportunities go by. So you're always you're always pushing for the for that 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 sport, and you know, and if you've got the ability and the the interest and the passion to compete internationally or nationally, whatever, go for it. Well, the, with the leagues, it's going to give people a chance to go in there and and hopefully they get a chance at nationals. As you said, you know, the, the main aim is, you know, we'd be lovely if we could get Paris, but it's it's a, it's a long way off, really, when you think of it. But the Paralympic Games in LA in 2028 is the main aim, and it is something to look forward to. And when you think of where the sport was a couple of years ago, no one knew where it was going or what the story was, to now have that as something to aim for. No, and that's it, you know, and... Um you know, every day you, 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 you're doing a lot with developing your, your open days and stuff like that. And I suppose for me, you are looking, you're looking at it both ends. I'm looking from a development side and then you're looking from a high performance side, trying to build up the athletes that we do have at the moment. We're trying to, you know, maybe get more clubs in, involved and, and open and, and start across the country. Or, you know, we link in then with maybe Irish Wheelchair Association in Naval Ireland. Batcha, for Batcha Club then in Belly Firm, I think, with PK Batcha. 
So, look, I mean, yes, there's probably more opportunities that we need and more clubs that we uh, would like to have or link in with, with those national government bodies to increase more imparted participation. And, you know, I mean, give that potential that if you want to go uh, to a Paralympics or to an international, the opportunities are there. And that's the thing for it's important for us to provide every opportunity for the athletes at whatever level they want to be at. And the thing about it is we have um, Botcha on all social medias, Botcha Ireland. We are on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. All people have to do, send us a little message. And if any group out there wants us to call down and show them how to play the sport or any little bit of help, myself, yourself, Porik, Damien, Patrick, um, Gerard, we're, like we're all willing and able as a committee to help people out there. And the one thing is, wouldn't it would be nice to get it a bit more across the country? Oh, definitely, definitely. But that's it. Look, it's just a case of just getting getting it out, getting the word out. Like social media is great, and social media has been done wonders for us as well. Like we've got people contacting us, wanting to join the club, or wanting to start up one. You know, so slowly but surely. That's a, listen. As the slowly goes, but surely, Rome wasn't built in a day, and I always remember the bit uh, when the commitments. You know cribbing up uh, yeah but Dublin was in an hour but the thing about it is that's exactly what it is you know last year even when we sat down as a committee in our first Zoom meeting did we realise that this year we actually would have teams going to competitions one in Amsterdam and now as you mentioned the one in Italy no it's all about just get, getting the foot in the door um, getting the ranking points up because that's sometimes needed for international competition and give the athletes most importantly experience experience of uh, of international competition you, you know get getting ready hopefully for for 2024 or 2028 in LA yeah. God, we'll get there and exactly and the thing about it is as you said Paralympic Games give people who have a disability you know just because they have a disability in that word there is ability that there is a sport out there for you and you know, for anyone who, as you said, would have muscular dystrophy, CP, all those various things, that there is a game called Boccia that if you would like to play in the Paralympics, in a world championship, whatever, there is a sport out there for you. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. You know, I would have to say thanks to maybe maybe Paralympic Ireland as well for, for helping us along the way. You know, putting our, helping us with our structures and stuff like that. Obviously, pork. No, but it's just, yeah, just keep going. Keep going and, and get, get get the word out there. Botcha back in Ireland. Isn't that what you had said, Denise, What's there a while ago? Oh, we had a hashtag, bringing Botcha around Ireland. <laughs> So that's, that's our hashtag and you'll see us all around the place and I have said it, you know, go on our, our social media pages and myself, Lisa and Pork, we'll kind of, we'll turn up anywhere, won't we? We, um, well, we've been invited back, I think, um, IWAI, we've been at their Easter camp and their summer camp and they were asking us about what are we doing for Halloween. So it's great to see the interest there. So we will go around if we have an interest and, and show about our sport as well and, uh, it's amazing to think, you know, I got involved because obviously Pork and London 2012, I said recently I'd love to do coaching. And it's mad to think that this sport that I wouldn't have known so much about a couple of years ago that now I have fallen in love with it and I'd like to do some coaching in it. And I suppose it's, it's, it's important to note really, and I forgot about it, back in Sydney in 2000, we did win medals in Paralympic sport in, in the Sydney Paralympics I think we won and, and I'm not too sure was it Athens and Beijing but certainly Sydney so we've got a good history of Paralympic medals in Boccia 
And at the moment now, it's just a case of putting putting the structures in place, developing it, and getting back up to that stage, please God, in a couple of years' time, and making Botcha known around Ireland. You know, I could love to come to come to stage where you know you're not explaining Botcha. Whereas if you say to somebody, they already know what it is. And hopefully one day that we will come to that. Well, but, please um, God. Well, with the type of committee there, as they say, out of little acorns do mighty oaks grow. And as you said, the, the main thing is, and that was as a committee, that we want to get the botcha word out for people to love our sport as much as we do. That's it. On, onwards and upwards. We wish Lisa and the botcha squad the very best of luck over in Italy this week. So fixtures and in the Women's National League on Saturday at 2pm, Sligo Rovers take on their neighbours Galway. DLR Waves entertain Athlone Town at 4pm. Treaty United and Bohemians play at 5pm. 6pm it's second place Wexford Utes against Cork City. While at 7.35 there is a Dublin Derby in Talca Park where leaders Shelburne play P-Mount. And there's also a full round of games in the AFLW. Before I go, we want to extend our sympathies to the de Bromhead family on the sad passing of Jack at the weekend. I think the tragedies at the weekend really put sport in perspective. May they all rest in peace. Our thoughts are with all their families and friends. Thank you to our sponsors, Medell Healthcare. So until next week, long before.